This is an ABC podcast. Matt Silverbrand scores beyond screen on the left side. And the Mumbai Indians, the stage awaits your bow. The inaugural Women's Premier League wrapped up this week. Mumbai beat Delhi in the final. Aussie skipper Meg Lanning top scored in a losing team. But it feels as though the end of the tournament, it's not really the story. It seems to us as though the end of the tournament actually heralds the start of a dramatic shift. How might the WPL transform the women's game? What was the standard really like? How did it compare in terms of professionalism? And is this the start of the end for Australia's dominance? We speak with one of the best in the world, Beth Mooney. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Beth Mooney is an opening bat for Australia. You probably saw her win player of the match in the T20 World Cup final win over South Africa. She's just been named in the squad to contend for the Ashes. Unfortunately, she was injured in the early stages of the WPL, but she's very much across this tournament. We're going to talk all things women's cricket. Beth, can we start with the Women's Premier League? We are one season down. What did you make of the quality of the cricket that was played in the inaugural competition? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think it was a, a long time coming that Women's Premier League have been crying out for it for a number of years. But certainly given the time frame it was to, to get it up and running, I thought it was an unbelievable tournament. Obviously really high scoring in some parts. And then we saw as the tournament went on, the wickets got worn out a bit. It became a bit of a strategy and tactical sort of competition. And um, I think the best two teams played in the final. Oh, the leg flick from Lanning straight down the ground. She's come to play as the Delhi Capitals captain. We heard Meg Lanning speaking this week about the quality of the experience. Oh, it's, it's on another level. Yeah, it's been uh, a, a pretty cool experience just embracing it all. For me, coming over here, I just wanted to embrace, um, you know, what, what India brings um, and what the WPL brings as well. And, uh, you know, I think, yeah, it's, it's certainly been next level to anything else I've experienced. Can you take us inside the tournament from a player's perspective? How did it compare to other leagues like the WBPL, the 100, or even international cricket? Well, I think first and foremost, you've got a lot of the best players in the world coming into one place to play in a team full of local talent. And, um, you know, for us as Australian cricketers, we know our job is to grow the global game just as much as it is to win trophies and tournaments around the world. I like what the Warriors have done with uh, these inexperienced cricketers in their ranks. They're giving them opportunities which will make them feel they belong to this side. That's when they channel good performances. I think as a, a player in that league, certainly a great opportunity to work in a different system um, and under different coaching staff and alongside some very impressive Indian talent who I'm guessing in a few years' time will start um, beating us around the park a bit. It's a better line this time. The line might be good, but it doesn't matter to Harman Preet Cool because her hands are so classy. She can still find the gap. Yeah, that's a really interesting aspect uh, of it because it seems as though it's going to have a big role to play in improving other nations, specifically India. Do you think it's going to speed up other countries chasing Australia and help end your dominance at the top of world cricket? Yeah, we don't really want to help anyone end our dominance too quickly, but I think, you know, certainly you look at the impact the WBBL's had on. Australian women's cricket and you know I look back to the first year of that for me I hadn't debuted for Australia Beats that short whitish fine leg no protection down on the rope and Moody picks up another boundary that's her fourth After that first season of WBBL 
but I debuted but also had the confidence to be able to play against some of the best players in the world and um, I'm sure that's going to do that for the Indian players and you know we get to WPL four and five and, and who knows there's there's no ceiling to where it could reach. Can you give us an idea about the fan interest? I think it's always hard to start a new competition because that connection maybe isn't there sometimes. How would you describe the way the competition was supported from what you saw? I think absolutely across the board. Um, each team had uh, a bunch of sponsors. Obviously, they're privately owned teams that were part of that competition, as is in the IPL. But certainly the engagement from the public was, was huge. What a shot. I think even the fans have been crying out for a competition like that for a long time. And as we know over there, cricket is such a, a big part of the fabric of Indian culture. So to be able to be a part of that was really cool. I think part of the reason it's so exciting for many players is, understandably, the money that's available. Do you think it might motivate some to play longer than they might have otherwise? Has it changed how much longer you might want to play? Uh, not necessarily. I think within our team, um, it was more about opportunity than any financial rewards that might happen. But I think uh, moving forward, obviously, the Big Bash and the 100 are going to have to try and compete with, with that kind of remuneration. But certainly for us, it's just about the opportunity to play in different leagues around the world and get a lot of insight and knowledge to different conditions and, and different people too. So, you know, who knows how long people will play for these days, but it certainly is a little bit of an incentive, but I think the opportunity will always outweigh that. Outside of international cricket, do you think it just simply has to become the priority for any player out there? I mean, we've seen some players uh, withdraw from the 100 uh, already. Just the sheer quality of it, as well as obviously the financial aspect, the fan engagement, is it now outside of international cricket the main thing that all the players are going to desperately want to play in? I think all those tournaments players desperately want to play in. It's at a good time of the year. Like We've seen um, a number of players from the Australian side, including myself, pull out of the 100 just due to the nature of the time of the year of that one. So we've got a, an eight or nine week Ashes tour followed by three ODIs against Ireland. So in terms of trying to manage the whole year, it just wasn't viable for us to compete in that tournament. Whereas, you know, the WPL sits in a three-week window at the end of our summer. We, we haven't quite had our break yet, so... Um, I think the timing is everything, but also the opportunities will come up at different times too. So as a player from any country around the world, it's not just the WPL, but it's the 100 and the WBBL that people want to play in. From an international point of view, do you think this competition could help other nations build their longer form capability? Or do you think it sees the women's game skewing further and further towards T20? It's an interesting question, I think. You know, first and foremost, we understand that T20 creates the tournament and the competitions that gets people watching the game and wanting to pick up a bat and a ball. terms of development perhaps there is a way to try and include that into the season here and there and I think the multi-format series are certainly a way forward in international cricket to get more Red Bull cricket involved but it's got to be a viable product as well so for us I think that's that's sort of the way we look at it is trying to play as many multi-format series as we can and um, see if other countries will want to follow suit. With all the excitement around the Women's Premier League it's easy to lose focus of the impending Ashes campaign You've just been picked. T20 leagues might represent the new world. The Ashes is the game's history. Which gets you most excited, Beth? Uh, all of it, I think. I love the nature of the formats that we play and that they're all included in the end result. I think, you know, in those sort of series, the best team generally comes out on top um, and it's across all formats. So it's a serious test of your skill 
and your depth um, within the squads. And yeah, they're really exciting series to be a part of and certainly ones that we mark on our calendar in the coming years. So is it fair to say the Ashes is still the thing that perhaps the Australian players cherish most in the calendar? Uh, yeah, that and obviously one day World Cups are pretty special. They only come around once every four years, but certainly any opportunity we get to pull on the baggy green is, is very special for us. Phoebe Litchfield looms as a significant inclusion. Um, when we talk about the established stars of the game like yourself, uh, Meg Lanning, Elise Perry, Alyssa Healy, what are you excited about from Phoebe Litchfield as we head towards this Ashes campaign? Oh, I think just her temperament. I think, um, you know, in the last 12 months, we've seen a real growth in Phoebe and maturity in her from how she conducts herself on the field and, you know, I guess her mindset as well when she walks out to bat. Litchfield's back and cutting. And on to boo, Phoebe Litchfield takes run 49 and will come back for run 50. And a moment in the career of a talented young cricketer getting her first chance to play a one-day international from my perspective, I'm really looking forward to seeing her implement that within her skill sense on the field and hopefully contribute to a Masters series win, which I'm sure for her will be a really exciting time given it's the first time she's been picked in a Masters series. But we know that um, she's a talent for now and a talent for the future, so hopefully we can reap the rewards of that. We're super excited to see how this campaign goes. Beth Mooney, thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Headlines. Peter Bowl and his lawyer want Sports Integrity Australia to drop its investigation into the runner. Paul Green says two independent labs have cleared Bowl of using synthetic EPO. Mr Green says SIA has made a catastrophic blunder and called on them to apologise. You know, saying you're sorry and contrition is a very important thing as human beings. Yeah. We all need to come forward and admit we're wrong. And in fact, athletes all the time are told they have to come forward and admit they did something wrong. Well, here we have the other side of the system. They need to come forward and do the same. Bowlers continued to profess his innocence. To accuse me for that and to give me no proof was just unfair. The Socceroos' homecoming has ended on a flat note after they coughed up a 1-0 lead to lose to Ecuador 2-1 in Melbourne. Brandon Borello scored his first international goal, but it was not enough to repeat the Australians' big win from Sydney. The visitors were vastly improved and clearly more physical in the victory. Coach Graham Arnold remained upbeat, effectively using this fixture as something of a research and development opportunity as we edge closer to the Asian Cup. Side note, did you see Jackson Irvine's eyelashes? Poppy Penny is convinced they're extensions. We're not mad either way, just impressed. Dreamy. Summer Macintosh. Sounds like a brand of Apple computer from the 80s, but no. She's a 16-year-old Canadian swimmer who just ripped up Ariane Titmus's world record in the 400 metres freestyle. She took 0.32 of a second off the Australian's time. Can't wait for the Paris Olympics, where Macintosh, Titmus, and Katie Ledecky go head-to-head-to-head. Juicy. And here we go again. The NRL is having talks with various state governments about possibly selling the NRL Grand Final to Victoria or Queensland. Peter Vlandi says he's out to maximise the sport's best possible return. You wonder how much this is about the new New South Wales government ruling out funding for suburban league grounds. Hmm, let me think. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Poppy Penny. Thanks to Fox Sports, Channel 9, Channel 10 and the BBC for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.